Hi, so today's segment is going to be my story. I did a speech today at a um, local networking event, and I decided that it was time to start telling my story more in connection to what I do as far as work goes. So I thought I would come on here and share it with you guys too, and just trying to spread the word about what I'm doing and why. So, you know that um, I am the sexual harassment guru, so why did I become such? I grew up in a very small town, I actually lived on a farm, and the name of our road was Still Farm Road. My entire family on my dad's side lived on the street, well, I guess it would be my immediate family, so my grandparents, my uncles, um, you know, so we lived on the same road not street. It actually wasn't paved until I was about, I think, 10 or 12, somewhere around then. Um, but maybe I'm showing my age a little bit too much. But anyway, it was a very small town, and so um, our options were limited. And I lived with my grandparents um, as a teenager, and I idolized both of them and I actually wanted to be like my papa, so I decided that, like him, I wanted to join the Air Force. And that was my path that I was going on. And then I met uh, Richard, who, who's called that in my book and on here so that he doesn't sue me. But uh, long story short, he was a challenge, and I like challenges for some reason. I like to be beat up and... um torn down, sometimes physically, sometimes mentally. And um, shortly after that, my gynecologist, lovely lady, lied to me and said that it would be difficult for me to get pregnant because my uterus was upside down. So I went off the pill, and you guys know where this is going. Yes, I got pregnant uh, my senior year of high school. I actually two months before I graduated and it was around my birthday that I got pregnant with my beautiful baby girl Taylor and this was also six months before I was set to leave for boot camp so needless to say my path changed a little I wasn't going to go into the Air Force however I still wanted to go to law school and I started college right out of high school and then I had my baby, and a year after she was born, I got pregnant with my son, Preston. And so I struggled to find work that allowed me to be a great mom, raise my kids, um, still go to college, and make enough money that I could survive doing all of that. I remember getting jobs like I would people would let me come to their house and clean, scrub their toilets while I could bring my kids and put them in a playpen. So it was exhausting and just thinking about it makes me feel tired. Then I decided that I got creative and I decided that I would go work a night shift at a gas station. So what that looked like was me uh, 
going to work at 10 p.m. after getting uh, about a two-hour nap in, after laying the kids down, um, and then coming home at 7 a.m., squeezing in hopefully another hour of sleep, and then going all day with my kids until they took naps. Um, So probably about total five hours max of sleep a day, and I really wasn't being uh, 100%. So, of course, I looked for other work. And when I landed a job at an attorney's office, I was thrilled and so thrilled that I ignored some things, like some some simple gestures that I thought I could handle and wasn't they weren't that big of a deal. And so... Like when my boss would say specific things, um, like my reddish hair uh, made me look like a vixen. Um, I thought it was a little bit too personal. It made me uncomfortable, but I just said, you know, I can overlook this. And then the compliments got more personal and more sexual, and I just continued to ignore it because... I was just happy to have a job that was, you know, paying well in the field that I wanted to go into and was flexible. Um, Then it got a little bit more pervasive. He asked me to come into his office so he could tell me a fantasy about um, me and him. And so I went in and sat through that. Thanks, uh, crusty old man, for something I could never get out of my head, those images. Um, and I was, I was angry and damaged by this to an extent that I didn't understand at the time. And so I decided to play Nancy Drew. I like... Um, plundering through things and I took advantage of the fact that he was out on a conference and went to a storage shed that I knew was forbidden and I had a pretty good reason um, why or I figured there was a pretty good reason why so I went out there and I found this box that was a case against him and sure enough the woman who was in this Um, court case had been sexually harassed by him and was actually pushed up against the conference room table upstairs and she ran out and filed this claim. So I read through the deposition and basically um, he made her look like she was just there to get a paycheck because she had been divorced twice and Um, had gotten alimony, so he just painted her in this negative light. And, of course, he won the case. And this was in South Alabama over 10 years ago, so I was not surprised to find that out. Um, However, I thought that maybe mine would be a little bit different. So I went to see an attorney to kind of seek some advice on what I should do. And she told me that I should leave it alone after she did some research and found that 13 other women had come forth and basically been dragged through the mud, um, that he was relentless and would not 
lose. He just simply knew how to play this game, so to speak. So I went back to work and it got worse. He actually pleasured himself across from me at one point, and then he started getting physical, and I was scared to go to work. I was, um, I decided not to dress in any kind of way that might make me attractive to him, so I started wearing big slouchy clothes, no makeup, and really just looking like I rolled out of bed. That didn't help. I sought work elsewhere, um, couldn't find anything comparable to the pay, and so for a while I just kind of laid low and and dealt with it and thought that that's just the way things were and it was okay that I would get through it and that I needed to support my kids and be able to make enough money to go to college so eventually I could get out of that situation. But it got to the point where I was scared to go to work and it got pretty physical And I ended up quitting one day when he touched me inappropriately. And I just left. I left quietly and I didn't, of course, follow through with anything. I felt helpless and I didn't realize the damage that is done. I mean, it's intangible. You can't go to the doctor and say, you know, what? happened to me. I I lost my spark. I lost my self-confidence. It's not really something that a doctor can measure. And so I just bottled it up and um, compartmentalized it, if you will. But I, what I, what happened was I stood in my own way. I didn't feel like I was worthy of doing the things that I wanted to do. So instead of pursuing a career in law, I decided to be a teacher Um, genius me thought that teaching would be easier than lawyering. No, stupid. Um, and so I went and finished my master's degree in English. And in the meantime, I found out that since me, several other people, including clients, have been sexually harassed by him. So the point is this. Sexual harassment is about perspective. I dealt with something, but didn't know the repercussions. And so people say, well, why does somebody make a big deal out of that? Because people have certain capacities to be able to deal with certain things a certain way. I wasn't, I did speak up to him. I did say things like, I I want us to have a professional relationship, or I don't think your wife would approve of this. And that was my way of responding to what was happening to me, even though it didn't help it. He would chill out for a little while and then go right back to it. Um, and I didn't file a claim because I couldn't imagine sitting in front of him and having to say out loud what he had done to me and then having him, you know, put it back on me like it was my fault or that I was filing this claim because I wanted to have money. The fact that a woman working and supporting her kids can be used against her baffles me. Um, and I'm a very logical person, but I also couldn't imagine having to answer the question, why didn't I leave or why didn't I say anything in the moment? Why didn't I, you know, report him? 
which I did. I reported him to his sons who worked there too. And the other people who worked there, everyone knew what was going on. And um, no one did anything. But I just couldn't imagine having to do that. And that was a different time than now, thankfully. And me too, whenever this movement started, it was kind of bittersweet to me. I was happy that it was happening, but I was sad that it took this long. And I'm still kind of sad that people are not embracing the change in the way that they, I think they should by being proactive and you know, really trying to help people understand this issue because it is so complex and it is not black and white. I was sexually harassed at the college that I worked at by the person who I was supposed to report sexual harassment to, and they don't tell you about that in training. Like, what do you do then? Um, and they don't talk about the good old boy system where if you don't know who you can trust and if you do say something, you take a risk of getting fired yourself instead of actually being protected. So this issue is not um, black and white, and it is very complex and very complicated, and we need to really understand it. And it infuriates me when people talk about false claims because I think about those 13 women who I know were not lying and I just don't understand how someone could turn that against them, turn their reporting, something that was going on against them, especially when there was more than one. But thankfully, it is a different time. And I know that the EEOC is overwhelmed. HR people are overwhelmed because women are actually speaking up. And, and not just women, but everyone who has been a recipient of sexual harassment they're all speaking up, and they're being supported, finally, instead of reprimanded for speaking against something that is damaging, and not just damaging to the person who receives it, but also damaging to the company, to the community, to everyone who's involved, and even those who aren't directly involved, like I'm sure... Now, looking back, that I wasn't 100% there for my children because I was suffering silently because of what was happening to me at work. And it just saddens me and makes me angry. But I've turned that anger into passion. And so what I want to do as the sexual harassment guru is to educate people on this issue and to give people the tools to handle sexual harassment properly internally. When I was teaching, I didn't, I worked hard as a single mom to earn my master's degree and didn't want to have to quit after working so hard to get my degree, after teaching part-time for several years, and then going through the interview process. I didn't want to quit my job, and I didn't want to bring forth a claim I just wanted to have better tools for dealing with sexual harassment. And I wasn't given that. Training was click through PowerPoint, take a quiz anybody could pass, and that was it. There was no, like, realistic scenarios. Everything was just, if you're sexually harassed, report it to the representative, blah, blah, blah. And 
I did it didn't help me so that's what I want to do as the sexual harassment guru I, I have become an expert I have studied and read case studies and I continue to do that on the daily basis even when I'm forbidden from doing that on the weekends because I have to take a break I, I, I sneak it in and I want to help companies, business owners, leaders in the community understand this issue so we can end it. And I don't care how many doors get slammed in my face and they say, oh, we got this. We have an HR department uh, or we have someone doing it. And that's great. And I'm not trying to say that people do it wrong or that, you know, I'm questioning their abilities. I, I just think that I bring something different to the table because of my experience. And it goes beyond compliance, but also building a better culture and really, truly understanding what sexual harassment is and how to prevent it internally without having to file claims and bring in lawyers. So that is one part of my story and it is the main reason that I became the sexual harassment guru because I feel responsible for not handling things the way that I should have and I've turned that anger and pain into the passion for ending sexual harassment. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you'll continue to listen to more. Thanks and goodbye.